Welcome to You Get a Rose, the Sarah episode. I'm your host, Hannah W. And I'm your host, Jay. So excited to be talking about Sarah this week. It's all we have to talk Ooh, about. Listen, this was the week of the Sarah show. Wow, did she have an absolute mental breakdown or what? Just right you know in, what? on my TV screen. And it took up the entire episode. So it she did. took up more space than I think any woman has taken up in the history more of the Bachelor certainly franchise. more than Victoria has so far. Although Victoria Definitely. was was an essential piece to it. So um let's let's talk about Sarah's arc. But I want to okay. first just visit the, uh, a couple of the other details because I feel like we'll be talking about Sarah for so long. Let's talk about yeah. a couple of the other things that took place and then we'll kind of talk about Sarah's overall narrative in this episode. Definitely. Which they really just, edited this well, I gotta say. They edited it supremely well. They took us on an emotional journey. Sometimes I felt bad for her, sometimes I was mad at her, sometimes I felt bad for her. Again, it was just so confusing. And all over the course of an hour and a half. Yep. It was an emotional roller coaster. I have to say this episode and this season has really started to change my relationship with this show. <laughs> and I just have to start by saying, I am a reality TV fanatic. I yes. love reality TV. Um, you know, I'm a 90s baby. So well, I'm an 80s baby, but I grew up in the 90s. Yes. So that was peak real world. We were and there I for know the dawn of reality TV. That's right. And so I grew up with reality TV and it's always been a part of my life. I cannot handle the show much anymore. <laughs> it is getting so bad, so campy, so cheesy, so over-exaggerated. And last night I just had this moment where I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, I don't know if I can make it through this episode. I feel like every season has me thinking the same thing around this time is like really? episodes three through six. I'm like, I, I'm not on board. I can't do it. I don't love the show. I don't like it. I don't want to be part of the show. And then like I get a little bit hooked into the love story or I get it hooked into them picking the wrong person. And the next thing I know, I'm like, ah, that was great. Can't wait for another round. <laughs> Right. And you get to the season finale and all is right again, right? Because well, was Peter's season any less of a of a absolute mess? This season no. is a mess, but Peter's season was a mess too. Yeah, and so that's what makes me kind of wonder as somebody who's grown up with reality TV, is it reality TV or is it me? Like I think it's us, yeah. I think you're just Who's older. causing this this breakup? Where is this divergence stemming from? I, I don't actually don't think the show has changed. In fact, it's like right. this is a return to form. We've had a few seasons where things have been just different. Like mm -hmm. Tasha's season, it was sort of, I think Tasha's season was a taste of something that they're never going to give us back. We got to like see a level-headed person make a level-headed choice with another level-headed person. There was pretty much very little drama on that season. It seemed like everyone liked each other. Mm -hmm. And now we're back. We're back in the throes of it. They are not pulling any punches with Matt James. They're using him as the, they're just trying everything they can. They're producing the heck out of him. Well, I mean, he's a marionette puppet at this point. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I this actually, wa I walked away from this episode just thinking, I just straight up don't really like Matt James that much anymore. <laughs> Okay, you're not alone, yeah. so we'll definitely discuss that in a moment. But I just want to sum all this up by saying the only way I was able to get through this episode was to imagine that it was a parody of itself. <laughs> and, and that made it not only hilarious to watch, but also digestible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then you can just see it as fun. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. Which is what it is. Well, so this episode starts with the end of the rose ceremony last time, which at last episode, I was like, I don't get why this is a reason to do a to be continued. But now I see what they were doing. Yeah, they were setting up for the Sarah show. Yes, they were getting us ready to see that Sarah is actually going to be the main point of this entire episode, this entire week. It's insane. So she's like kind of fainting, but then she's fine. Matt James comes and hugs her. All is fine. The women are like already annoyed, but that seems like it's all over and done with pretty quickly. 
Then we get to go to the group date, the first group date. We didn't even see, like, we were introduced to the, to the idea that there'd be two group dates and a, a one-on-one this week, and we didn't even get to see the second group date because this was such, right. so much chaos. But on the first group date, um, they do the, like, sexy storytelling thing. That's right. Ashley Iaconetti came. I have to say, like, she looks like she has had a lot of work done. She's definitely had a lot of work done, and she's definitely milking her spot as part of the Bachelor franchise. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's popping up everywhere. Yeah, she is all over the place. I mean, she was on the last season. Uh, she did one of Claire's dates. No, one of Tasha's dates? I can't even remember. I think it was Claire's date. I think it was... No, it was Claire because um, the other woman came for Tasha's date. Yeah. You remember? Yes, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Yes. She was there. I don't even remember anymore. She was there, and she came in for this date. I don't really get why they chose her, considering she was the she was known for being the virgin on her season. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why are we curious to hear what she thinks about sex? Like, I want to hear what some, someone like Katie, who's, like, sex positive, has obviously talked about this openly with her friends. Like, I, I like to hear what she has to say. I would love sure. to see Caitlin Bristow come in and do a sex episode. But Ashley Iaconetti is like, she's pretty like prude. Yeah, she was. Mm -hmm. She was definitely um, described that way throughout the show and described herself that way. But I think she actually volunteered for this role. Yeah. She was just, she just is way too into, um, you know, being part of this episode. Do you notice they, they really edited out anything she said? Yeah. That was weird. Mm-hmm. Every time she would talk to the women, they would hear what the women said. And then we just, we would see Ashley's mouth moving, but we'd hear the women doing an in the moment interview. <laughs> I noticed that too, but she what, did get her appearances. What did you think of this date? Yeah. Um, I thought this date was extremely cringy and I know that the women were, um, talking about it afterwards as if, you know, it was a really empowering experience. I don't think that it wasn't an empowering experience. I mean, if that's how they're describing it for themselves and that's what they experienced, but as a viewer, um, I, okay. I think write erotica Write your little erotic novels, read them in front of your dream man. But like when it starts to be on the cusp of uh, racial fetishism or overtly, that's when I was like, oh, I I feel cringy. And it's that moment where I'm like, you know what? I need a break from this. Yeah. Well, the women don't know him. Right. You know, they just don't know him. So like all they have to go on is his physical appearance. And yes. the fact that he's like tall, a tall black man. That's like what they yeah. know about him so far, except for maybe Brie. <laughs> sure, right. And just imagine, you know, everything that they've learned about tall black men throughout their lives. Right. That's what they're. That's what they're drawing on to write their erotica. Right. Which was. I think, like, actually, this this date didn't bother me in just the sense of what it was. It the mm-hmm. timing of it kind of bothered me. I thought this would have been a great date for all the women to be on, like, in episode six. Mm. Or something later down the road when we kind of know the women. We just don't even know them yet. And most of the things that they said were bleeped out. So we didn't really get to know them through this performance. Like, the only thing that we got to know is that Katie is awesome. And we all, she was totally dark horse, came in. We just did underestimated her because she was dildo girl. But turns out she's awesome. She was awesome on that date. And she was great for the rest of the show as well. That's right. Um, And Anna, she was, she's actually funny. I think we learned that from hers. Was Anna the first woman to present? Yes. Okay. Yes. That was funny. Yeah, because she did like a, she was like, oh, I'm all like sensual, whatever. And then she was like. And then he said, I was the last woman left, and I instantly <laughs> yes, enjoyed myself. <laughs> I know. That was funny. That was a, a mic drop moment. That was a good punchline, yeah. and it definitely showed a little bit of her personality. Yes. Victoria looked like an absolute trash monster. Her outfit was insane. <laughs> Who is styling I her? I mean, what's going on? 
I just can't not laugh at how much you loathe Victoria. What is and her I get style? It. The entire country right now hates Victoria. But like, it's just kind of like everybody's been reeled in. Yeah. And I love how effective it is. <laughs> okay, because in this episode, there's plenty of moments to hate Victoria, even yeah. though she's not the standout of the episode. But the thing I hate the most was once again seeing her entire bra. In the outfit oh she was goodness. wearing for oh the state, she had like skin tight pants and then a completely mesh top with her entire bra exposed. Yes. I, I mean, hate I hate it. I know. I, I mean, I don't like it. I just don't get enraged by it. I find it more funny that I know she's pulling these moves in order to elicit that reaction from yep. people. And it's But great. is she, or is that her sense of style? She really doesn't understand that her whole bra is showing. Okay, I guess so we'll find out. I guess we'll is, find Jay, out. The thing is, you think that she's hired by casting. And, no. And I saw some things on the internet last night that are making me think that that's possible. Somebody posted something on Reddit where she had um, an exchange with someone via Messenger or something. And... Mm-hmm. In the exchange, someone was like, oh, that's where you've been. You must have gotten the job to Victoria. And Victoria was like, yep, that's it. So maybe she's referring to the fact that she was hired to be on the show? Perhaps. Perhaps. I also saw that Reddit post and I was like, okay, some things are starting to click here. But um, as I looked through that thread, I saw a response that I really appreciated. And somebody had responded that they think... She's an improv actress. Like she really did the actual process of auditioning and being casted for the show. Okay. And it's kind of like she's an improv actress and the joke is on production. Oh. And when you watch her like that, then you will really start to appreciate Victoria. But there's no, okay, look, I gotta stand up for all improv actresses everywhere. There is no way. That Victoria's also improvising her social media presence. Mm. Because she's legitimately wearing those clothes on her social media. She's like, unless she has really gone into full character immersion where that she's who she is on social media and off social media, all of her pictures would indicate that she's like this person all the time. Okay. I do think she's pr- turning it up for the cameras, and there's definitely a potential that she was paid <laughs> to I do it. Know. I just don't at, know. I don't know. I'm, at I'm this point, maybe disillusioned to it. All I know is that Victoria is not an authentic human being. Like, no, like she is an AI. She I is think a she's character. a robot. I think she's a robot <laughs> that was programmed to be the villain on the show, and she's leaning into it super aggressively. Um. But just, like, looking at Victoria's role in a different way really had me appreciating Victoria this week. Yep. And she had some good one-liners. Yes, she had a lot of one-liners. Like? She was, like, computing one-liner. <laughs> <laughs> at one point, she said about Sarah's fainting, pull it together and don't faint. <laughs> Nailed it. It's like, oh, she said um, she and Marilyn were like oil and vinegar. But oil and vinegar right. mix well together. I mean, I, that's a salad dressing. People really like that. Yeah, it's delicious on salad. So. <laughs> uh, okay, so then Sarah's at that date, and she starts, her meltdown really starts then. Because mm-hmm. she's watching the women, like, talk sexually about Matt. I don't get it. Why? I don't get it. I'm not a very jealous person. I feel like if I see somebody is attracted to my partner or somebody I want to be with, I'm not like, oh my God, I'm suddenly so insecure about my own position in this relationship. Yeah, I think it was mostly bizarre because they've only known each other for about two weeks and they spent one day together. Right. So... You know, not to say that that is an appropriate reaction otherwise, but to me, it would make a bit more sense if they had an actual relationship. They're basically acquaintances. They had one date. 
that kissed. They had one and date. They had one date. So for her to have this um this reaction, you know, as if they're they've been in a long a long-term relationship and, you know, he pretty much cheated on her, which is kind of how she was reacting. Um it was that did, dramatic of a response. Right. And it's like they're just talking. They're just talking. They're talking about sex, but they're just talking. It was fiction. <laughs> it was It's not real. It didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, so that was a big red flag. Huge red flag, but Matt can't see red flags. Instead, he sees every red flag as a checkered flag. Like, just keep going. One more lap, Matt. Like, he absolutely lost me this episode because for two reasons. One, yeah, let's hear he's it. like got serious white knight syndrome where he has Tell to be like... Tell me more about white knight. Like he has to be the hero mm -hmm. in every story. Mm -hmm. And he has to have a woman that he's going to save. Sometimes Ooh. he's he wants to save them from themselves. In this case, he's trying to save Sarah from self-destructing. And for what? For what? He does not gain anything from it. The only thing he gains from it is that she is then emotionally dependent on him. That's right. They are codependent on each other. That's right. It is like a bad, horrible relationship now where she feels like she can emotionally manipulate him and he likes that. Yep. And at the end, he just walks away feeling like, I fixed her. Like, I'm it's, glad. Like, it's, it's sort of the opposite, like how um, we were talking about last season, how Taisha liked, liked to be with men that she could fix. Well, he's the, he's the other way where he's like, wants to be with a woman who he can save and rescue. Right. Uh, yay. Well, I'm glad that you said all that because I was thinking that, but I just told myself that I was reading too much into things and that I should yeah. just watch the show. But watching his interactions with Sarah um, really showed that he does want somebody to emotionally depend on him. Yes. As I was thinking about Sarah's situation before today's episode, and I was thinking about everything she shared about her father and how he's terminally ill. I mean, I was wondering as, you know, Matt, as the bachelor, how do you begin a relationship with somebody who is about, who is going through a, a deep trauma and who's right. about to experience an even bigger trauma with right. the loss of her father within the first year of the relationship. Within their engagement, like, are they going to get engaged? And then what, is he going to be there for her when they have to be secretly engaged and her dad is dying? No, it's not a good situation. No, it's not a good situation at all, but you could see that he liked that. Yes, he was like and, inserting and himself into her life, which is totally inappropriate. Let her go. This is not a good place for her to be. And then to uh, yesterday's episode only confirmed that um, as he just continued to kind of try to coerce her into staying. Mm -hmm. um, he just really liked a white woman in distress. Maybe yep. that's his thing. Yep. 100%. And she played, I was saying that to Josh last night when we were watching it, like, she plays white woman in distress perfectly. Yeah. Perfectly. Where it's like everything around her is her enemy. Yeah. And she's just so sensitive and she's different than everybody else. And she needs somebody to just recognize how beautiful and sensitive she is. And anyone who questions her on that is like, uh, is the is the offender. And I can yeah. just see, I can see, I mean, I'm not saying that she did that with race, but I could see her doing that easily in those situations. She's the type of person, if you were like, hey, something you said was offensive, she'd be like, I, I can't believe you're coming after me like this. She'd be like that woman who, um, you know, that woman who recently attacked um, the young like black teenager in New York City. Oh my God! Over his Did you cell watch phone. her interview with Gail? With Gail? Yes. That was so bad. She that would that would be Sarah's reaction if she were in that situation. Yeah. She's like, Maybe, well, my, my I'm sorry, but my phone was gone, and so I just beat up the first black kid I saw. <laughs> <laughs> and Gail was like, you know, you can't just like attack people physically under suspicion that they've done right. something wrong. And she danced all the way around that. But I think you're right. Um, Sarah plays the role very well. And I think what was cool about this episode is that it showed 
you know, initially, I feel like the viewers had some uh, empathy or some sympathy for Sarah's position mm -hmm. because, you know, she's in this really tough family situation. And I but still now, do. I still do right. have empathy for her. That's the thing. Yeah. And now we can see it's not either or. It's not, oh, either she is going through this, like, really hard moment of emotional distress that's legitimate and um, should be respected or she's manipulative, we, we saw today that it's both. Like right. she's under a lot of emotional distress and she's a manipulative, probably pretty toxic, controlling person. And I, I think a lot of white women are manipulative in that way without even realizing that's how they're manipulative because it's like been trained into our bodies to use our tears to get what we need. You know, and in a way that's like not even recognizing that that's how we do it because we don't have don't have as much of the like n learned skill of saying this is what I need and how I need it. And you could see mm -hmm. that because she kept going to the women and saying, I just had something I needed to say. And it's like if she had said to them, I'm struggling because my I have a, a family member, a close family member who is dying. I feel like I'm pulled both home and here. And so I'm just struggling and I didn't know what else to do. I feel like the women, hopefully, I don't know, they were some of them were pretty awful, but hopefully more of them would reacted like Katie reacted, which is like, mm -hmm. oh, I didn't know there was another layer to this. Mm -hmm. I, and she just avoided talking about it to the point where they just got riled up because they were like, why are you being so vague? Like, stop yeah. acting special. I think that's, well, that's what pissed everybody off is like, stop acting so special. That's a thing. I think initially when she approached Matt, when she stole time from Katie. That was Katie who she stole time from, correct? Yep. Yeah. Um, which is the the biggest cardinal sin on the show. Yes. Like it is. you do not steal time. Well also so, you don't steal time and it's not your date. Oh my That's gosh. That's the true cardinal sin that she walked on yeah, to another right. date. You're right. She transgressed in more than one way. Yep. <laughs> so um of course she was encouraged to do it. Most contestants yeah. don't make those decisions alone. Production was encouraging her to do it, I'm sure. Definitely. She knew where to find everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, the fact that she pulled that move and when she sat down with Matt, there was no talk about her potentially leaving. So when she brought that up as an explanation to the to the women, I thought, oh, what she did was she pulled out the only explanation that she thought might win her some sympathy. Like, right. what's the one thing I could say that will kind of ease some of the tension around this situation? Well, I'll just say that, you know, I'm going through something really tough and I might go home. Right. Which is right. in Bachelor World, you it's might like as well end be saying your life. And they're like, okay, drop, go jump home. Off a cliff. They're like, go home. <laughs> we don't need you here. I did think, I don't remember who said this, but somebody was like, no, you wanted validation and that's why you yeah. did it. And why don't you just say that's what you wanted? And she's like, no, it's different, but it's not different. That's what she wanted. No. She no, should have been it was very clear that. that's what she wanted. And it was very clear that he wanted to give her that. Yep. And he loved it. Ooh. And this is the thing about Matt that, I, that I'm starting to really dislike. Oh, I said there were two reasons I didn't like Matt this week, that he lost oh, me. Oh, yeah. The What's second the reason... One? is Marilyn, which we did not talk about yet. So at the end of that rose ceremony, he sent home Marilyn in favor of Victoria. Granted, we knew he was gonna keep Victoria around. That is the choice that he is making based on the producer. But I genuinely think he chose to send Marilyn home versus another woman that he doesn't have a connection with because I think he thought it was funny what happened with, with Marilyn and Victoria. He was acting was like funny. way too casual about it, the whole thing. Victoria was being like, not only was she being aggressive. I think the language that she was using, the more I really think about it and watch that scene again. I watched it again this this week before this episode because I was just like refreshing myself on their little spat. Mm -hmm. She was being really racist. She was using a lot of the same, like we're talking about manipulative white lady language on Marilyn, but in a mm -hmm. different way. In like sure. a gaslighting, oh my God, you're being crazy. You're being so aggressive. You're being so insane. You're so toxic. Like using all of that language to play her down. And then Marilyn just like folded, yeah. probably because what is she gonna do? If she becomes right. now the loud, angry person, 
Well, right. Now, right. She's like, oh, I'm representing all Asian women because that's my job on the show, right? Mm-hmm. <sighs> so when I he agree. sent her home, I was pissed. Yeah, it said a lot about him. Yep. But, you know, I haven't had very high hopes or expectations no, I know, I know, of I The Bachelor um, up to this point. But um, I, I agree with you. There were definitely racial overtones mm-hmm. in uh, Victoria's diatribe against Marilyn. I, and I just think that Marilyn was just a casualty of this whole mm-hmm. Bachelor machine. You know what I mean? She seemed like a nice person. She seemed like a person who was actually on the show to like be herself and maybe right. meet someone and she got eaten up by it. <laughs> right. And and then when she tried to like calmly diffuse the situation like an adult, it yeah. it ended her time. It just what really pissed me off is that in the same breath, he acted like it was his idea to give her that orchid. And I listened to a couple, you know, other podcasts and people. Sure. You know, Twitter was all, everyone was all a, a buzz about it. Like, what a nice, about- yeah, what a gentleman to remember this about her. And then he sends her home the same night. It's so obvious that it was a producer move, that he just pretended that he did that, that it was like, has nothing to do with him. And actually, he's kind of a jerk. He didn't care about Marilyn from the beginning, and he was happy to send her home. And like, boo, Matt, boo. Get, like, get a pair. You know what I mean? Start to stand up for yourself with these producers and you can run the show. Like they want to support the lead as well and they want to make the lead look good. But if you're so manipulatable that they can just tell you what to do and you'll do it and you have no, what, sense of who you are, then you're going to come across like a real jerk. Yeah. And he's definitely starting to show his true colors. Um, if we're, if we're going to talk about reasons why we're booing Matt this week, I'd like to add Please. to the list. Please. Um, first of all, his one line that he's using to tell women how much he cares for them now is, my feelings for you are real. <laughs> Could that be any more of a hollow statement? But yeah. they eat it up as if it has some substance to it. Well, because you they know? don't know that he's saying the same thing to the other women. To everybody, right. And yeah. I don't know if he is really thinking he's falling in love or if this is some sort of act. Sort of act. But, like, on the Serena P date, mm-hmm. I, I was like, I don't get it. Serena's amazing. She's smart. She's, mm-hmm. like, in, she's interesting. I thought she has, like, a good sense of herself. She's really young. She's only 22. But Very she just, she seems more mature than that. Like she just has a more wisdom under her belt than I would expect for that age. She talks about taking her own path, whatever. And then he's like saying that he has real feelings for her. Like he's really falling for her. And I just feel like you are fluffing her up because the two of you have nothing going that I can see. And he had nothing going with Bree, but he said the same thing to her. He said the same thing to Sarah. Every one-on-one he's on, he's just like, oh, I really like you. What? Like, what? Proof is in the pudding, my friend. There's nothing there to demonstrate that. That's right. And I have said from the beginning that he is so image-obsessed, he'll say anything. Mm -hmm. He wants to come off as the good dude who gave all of these women a fair shake. I showed interest in the Asian woman. I showed right. interest in the black woman. You know, I showed equal interest across the board. Yep. And we can tell how disingenuous it is because we see how he is with somebody like Sarah, for right. example. Right, who he will, he will lay himself women. down for her to walk on him. Exactly. These other women who he's saying he has real feelings for. So... Yeah, he's definitely not earning any points. No, I mean, because also, like, then we have someone like Abigail, right? Who he built up to be, like, his, like, he fell in love with her when he saw her. He, like, had to kiss her first. He had to give her the first impression rose. And then he has totally abandoned in her sense. He's completely left her high and dry. Like, no dates. She didn't even get a date the first time around. And now in the second week, we haven't seen her date yet, so maybe something changes. But as far as we can tell, he's paid not a lick of attention to her since. So in the first episode, you were like, I think she's just doing that for the show. And I was like, no, 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 no. But I'm 100% on board with what you said now. He was just doing that with Abigail for the show. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. like her, and it makes me mad. 
it's frustrating, definitely. Um, and it, it just makes things interesting as to how, I mean, he's got, he, if, if this is a game that he's going to play, he has a long way to go. Yeah. As he yeah. works his way through telling, you know, all of the women who he has deemed, um, the women who will get him the, the credibility that he's looking for as that the bachelor. Be. That must be. Right. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how he navigates his way through the rest of this. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. Let's finish talking about Sarah's demise because I think we really already started biting, you know, biting off that piece. So let's chew it. Yeah. This whole arc, this whole arc with Sarah, this is what happens when you force somebody to be vulnerable in a way that they're not ready to do. Last week, he pushed her and pushed her and pushed her to reveal this about her dad, to talk about how she's feeling. She lets it all out. She feels like, essentially, they had an intimacy. Right. That she's exposed. Now, right. He's, she's exposed himself to, to him in a way that she felt like was more of a genuine connection than he obviously did. Because he obviously just, like, wanted her to do it, right? We could tell he was really pushing her to do it because he also tried to push Serena later on to like talk about her past relationships in a weird way. He did. But he pushed her to be vulnerable and then she was, a dam broke open and she couldn't close it back up. So yes, I blame Sarah for a lot of this, the way she behaved, but also Matt instigated it and he kept pushing it throughout. Yeah, Every time he she did. talked to him, he, he pushed and pushed and pushed. And we, we talked about how uncomfortable that was to watch last week. As, you know, she tried to have more superficial conversations, you know, more surface level banter to start to get to know him in an appropriate way. And he just kept pushing for her to share this very intimate story, as you said. And now, yeah, she's reeling because yes. he's the only one within 200 feet of her who knows, you know, something very personal about her. And it's not just a personal trauma she has. It's a personal trauma she's currently experiencing. Right. Whereas Katie talked about her father passing away in 2012, like yeah. she's she's obviously still misses him and thinks about him, but now it's 2020, she's in a different place, you know, when this sure. is filmed. She's in a sure. different place. Well, Sarah's like in the middle of watching her dad die, right? Mm -hmm. In a in a very painful way because in with ALS like you know, your brain is still totally functional and your that's body right. starts to give up. Like that's a hard right. thing to witness. And be a fan for, and he's the only one who knows. That's right. Until he, she tells Katie when she's already ready to go. Mm-hmm. You know. And yeah, and so this is just an example. You're right. I'm glad that you connected those dots because this is an example of why pushing for that vulnerability, as he has very narrowly defined, um, at how that is unhealthy mm -hmm. and unsafe, and the repercussions of doing mm -hmm. that. Yep. Too and soon. So after the, that date happens, we see that she's kind of already starting to melt down. Like she comes in, she interrupts the, the women. They're all pissed at her. None of them get enough time. So they're steaming after Matt leaves them all. Oh which, my like, goodness. Which you know. That's a producer ahead. move. Josh was yeah. like, I don't get it. Why didn't he spend time with the rest of the women? I was like, well, the producers told him the night was done. He's mm -hmm. like, well, how long could he possibly have spent with with Sarah. I'm like, it doesn't matter. They told her to come. And then as soon as she was gone, they said the time is up. That's just how it That's goes. Right. That's right. That's how it goes. And, but the women were pissed off. I mean, they were seeing red. Kayla was like, I will <laughs> kill anyone that gets near me right now. And Anna too. They were both mad. And I believed them. Yep. And I thought, you know what? If I were Sarah, I would have left too, because you're either going to sleep with one eye open or, you know, these women are going to come for her in her sleep. And they let, well, the thing is, because she totally dissociated, she just disconnected from the group, they had this time to sit on it and talk to each other about it. And they created a whole separate narrative around it where they were just pissed yeah. off. They were they so did. mad that by the time we saw them in the group, yeah, they were like, they were on a razor's edge and they really fell off of it quickly because they, they came after her pretty badly. I mean, definitely. Hell hath no fury 
like, like a bachelor contestant, <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> whose time has been cut short yes. or stolen from her. Yes, exactly. So we see then, in they're back in the house. Sarah's avoiding the group, so they're all talking mm-hmm. about her. And then, like, the date card shows up, and she just rolls in. After she'd already had a conversation with Matt where he tried to convince her to stay because she was like, oh, we didn't even talk about that. When he rolled up to take Serena on the date and Sarah was sulking, that was like, that was the, oh, that put the nail in the coffin for me in terms of Matt James's reputation dying because Mm -hmm. he took time to go upstairs and talk to Sarah when it was Serena's day. That's right. And then he had the audacity to tell Serena he had real feelings for her. I was like, no, you don't. No, you no, don't. You, you don't. just need to be the perfect man so badly. Yeah. And he, you know, he took a little bit of time to make out with Sarah as well, right before his date right. with Serena, which is not a sin on the show because they basically make out with a new person every 30 seconds. Yeah. But still, it, it it wasn't a good look. And I, I do think in the boundaries of the show, that is a sin. That is breaking a boundary because that's Serena's day. All the women know it. They were all like, don't go spend time with Sarah. It's Serena's day. They're all standing up for right. Serena, right? Right. And, and like he was gone for way more than five minutes, as they pointed out. They're, and then after he leaves, she continues to hide for yeah. like however long. But before Serena and Matt leave on their date, Matt very awkwardly returns and he apologizes like a bath. Like yeah, right. He's like tucking and, <laughs> and he gives this sort of diluted apology, but only addresses it once somebody says, What happened? Like, where have you yeah. been? I don't remember who addressed it, but they were like, Is she okay? Like, right. why have we been sitting here for an hour and a half? Right. Meanwhile, he's tucking his penis into his jeans straps. <laughs> like, just trying to keep it. Oh into no, she's belt. fine. Yeah, right. into his belt. Loop, and yeah. then, um, and then he he starts to backpedal because he feels, you know, guilty, and he's been caught not being this upstanding person. Right. You know, he can. Right. I'm sure he can feel all the energy of the women. Um, you know, feeling upset with him. But then the best part was when. Victoria cut him off as he was backpedaling and sputtering and trying to say, you know, we're all human and, you know, it it could have been any of you and I would have done the same for any of you. She was like, Victoria goes, it's Serena's day. Yeah, I know. That was great. She was like, and moving on, it's Serena's day. And he shut up immediately. and I know. I was like, oh, don't let me like Victoria for one second. Don't let me do it. Don't let me do it. So then Sarah comes back in however long later. Like, we don't actually know. It could have been a few minutes later. Yeah. But she came in, and the women are so annoyed, and she gives the most half-hearted apology I've ever heard. And she said the li- this line over and over again that I, I hate this line. I hate this line. What is it? I hope you guys know my heart. When mm. people say, like, no, she knows my heart. He knows my heart. I know my heart. Like, no, we don't know your heart. We've been here for a week. Nobody here knows your heart. Whatever that means to you, we don't know it, okay? <laughs> so you need to stop saying that. Well, and the nobody women were like, knows her heart but Matt James. Right, exactly. And I hope you all know my heart. And they were so annoyed. And Victoria being like, who is she talking to? Was <laughs> <laughs> oh, see. I will say Victoria, Kit, and, and the other Serena, they went overboard. Yes. They, they, did, they, go, they went too far, I think. Oh, with the bullying and the one-liners? Yeah, they I were think, very mean. Yeah, they were super, super mean. They were very mean. They, they I, don't, I can't say her. that. I can't say I felt. I just, I mean, I can't take it seriously, honestly. I can't take it seriously. But I do think that they did bully her. Um, she clearly felt uncomfortable after that. Um, she, she brought... You know, she put the spotlight on herself. Um, yeah. But it just, you know what? She just doesn't need to be on the show. That's no, she doesn't. That's all this really comes and down to. it was clearly to. such she a pity party there. at that point. She couldn't even, like, it was weird because she wasn't crying. She was just going like, <gasps> over and over and over again. 
I thought I was the only one who picked up on that. Her there was like was no tears. It just looked very like, bizarre. It looked like she'd had put some black eyeshadow around her <laughs> eyes to make her eyes look like a little bit puffier, and then she just kept breathing hard. It was bizarre. It was bizarre, and the women were being mean. But also, they were being mean, like they were trying to elicit something from her and they couldn't do it. So they kept pushing, 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 and they went too far. But I did, th I did yeah. think it was valid what Serena said, which she said, you don't care about our feelings and actually you just need validation. Uh, that is true. That is it true. It was true. It was and true. I think that was an opportunity for Sarah to say something a little bit more vulnerable and be a little more honest, but she just didn't take it. And she just kept being like, I'm being hurt. I'm being hurt. And I hate that. I hate that. Yeah, she milked all of the all of the attention that she could out of her situation. Mm -hmm. And like I said, it's just messy because on one hand, she's going through something serious and something tragic. And on the other hand, she's just not a, a fun person to watch no. on TV. No, she's uh -uh. not. I will say when the next day when they when she was alone in her room and Katie came up, I was I already liked Katie. Okay, I liked her from night one, even with the dildo thing. I thought that was a little yeah. tired, but yeah. I could tell she had a good like personality. Sure. When she came up and she she took the opportunity to to pull her aside and say like I didn't mm. like the way that went down. Yeah. And even though she was yeah. Katie had problems with her because right she interrupted Katie's time. The way she spoke to her, I was like, wow, you are truly like a mature, you are ready for a relationship, you're good with friends, like you can you can handle conflict, you can come around and see every side of somebody. I loved seeing Katie in that position. Yeah, that was a really, it, that actually felt like a real moment in the midst of all of this. Yeah. Um, when Katie went up to check on her and said like, you know, that wasn't cool, what you just experienced. Um, and, you know, gave her an ally in that way. And then the moment that they shared after that, when Sarah revealed what's really going on with her and Katie shared her story about her father passing away, I also gained respect for Katie through this episode. Me too. And I'm glad that she encouraged her. Well, first, first she said, you know, even though I might be feeling certain feelings about this, if you, if you have something with Matt, you need to stay and explore it. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't want to know I'm second best. I thought yeah. that was really mature and very thoughtful. And then for her to be like, oh, you know what? Never mind. You have to. You should go home because I wish I'd spent time with my dad. Like, she gave the right advice in both scenarios. She really did. And she opened up, you know, she that wasn't going to be part of her story. No. Outside of this interaction with Sarah. You know what I mean? Like, she didn't have to put that out there, but she did. And she did it in a way to show support. Um, to this other woman who was going through this this tough situation. So, yeah, that was dope. What Katie, Katie's whole, Katie's arc. We yep. talked about the Sarah show, but Katie had a, a character arc uh, this episode too that was really entertaining to watch. I, I can really relate to Katie in a lot of ways because when she was doing the thing where Sarah interrupted her and she was kind of acting like, well, this is my time, and she was standing mm -hmm. off to the side, and then she mm -hmm. came and sat down. I was like cringing because I can see myself getting caught up in the moment like that. Oh. And those behaviors were like not attractive on Katie. You know, like even though Sarah interrupted her time, that behavior was not attractive. And she was really trying to like be the voice of the women in that I way. I was going to say that. I can get that way where I'm like, oh, we've all been wronged. I'll do the job. I'll stand up for us. And I could like I I felt secondhand embarrassment for her in that in that scenario because I could see myself doing that, okay. and in the same regard I can see myself being able to put aside that situation and talk to somebody directly about what the problem is and empathize with their feelings. So I felt like I could see myself in Katie and probably a lot of other people could people who don't normally belong on The Bachelor. Yeah, Katie doesn't belong there. I don't know why she's there. She's got like too many. There's a handful too of women that, that don't belong there this season, but there they Who are. Who else? Who else? Uh, Lauren. Lauren. Lauren doesn't belong there. Chelsea. Chelsea. But Chelsea's a model. So I got to think about that too, right? She doesn't necessarily belong there, but she's but, a model too. But, okay, but Chelsea doesn't have the personality traits. No, you're right. Of a contestant on The Bachelor. Maggie. Um. 
Maggie. The, exactly, right? She's the woman from Ethiopia. She's like the tall, oh, beautiful mm -hmm. woman from Ethiopia. Yeah, Maggie doesn't belong on the show. Right. Abigail, um, frankly, doesn't belong there either. Right. There's just a, And Marilyn, right? There's just like a handful of women who are authentic and normal and just down to earth. And yeah. Like, How did they Why would there? you put yourself through this? I don't know. Maybe someone reached out to them and asked. True. Okay. So then we see um, Sarah goes and tells Matt. She's like having her weird little... <gasps> He, it's a really weird situation. I really didn't like their body language with each other. He's mm. doing everything he can to save her and convince her to stay. He's really not hearing what she needs. No. Really not listening to what she needs. And even in the end, I think he's still hoping she'll like jump out of the car and come back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was the their parting moment where he says... I'll never stop thinking of you or I'll always think of you or something but, like but, that. Which isn't true. Like he'll move on in a second because he just is yeah. so flippant with sight, when out he of says mind. that. Yes, mm -hmm. out of sight, out mm -hmm. of mind. Exactly, exactly. Um, and the way that he like physically carried her out to the car, didn't you think that was bizarre? It was like he was standing behind her with, he, he was sort of like, carrying her tiny little body and <laughs> propping her up as he walked her forward. It looked like Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> I mean, I I remember that, and I just remember thinking, this fits their dynamic perfectly. Yeah, it really does. It it's really like the does. physical manifestation of the emotional attachment that they're yeah. starting to build to one another. Where she's like, I'm so... So precious, I can hardly walk. And he's like, don't worry, babe, I got you. I'll just strap you to my waist. I'm so precious, I can hardly walk. <laughs> That's well, really I'm, what it was. I'm happy to see her go only because, well, because I do feel bad. I think she should be home with her family. I don't think she's in the right head space yeah. to be there. And I really don't think, she, I think she has a lot of learning to do about how to interact with other people. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Just generally. And not, I mean... It's not my place to judge when somebody should start a relationship, but it just doesn't seem like the right time when you have a family member that's going to pass so soon. Again, I'm sure it happens. I'm sure people have met during the, those hard times in their life and they've been in successful relationships. But I just, for myself, if I have the option to start a relationship during a moment like that and not, I... I don't think that I could, and I don't, I don't think, think I could attempt time. to. No. Right, and I think that's what she realized. Like, well, especially knowing is... that if she got to an engagement, now she's engaged and she has to keep it a secret yeah. for months, three yeah. months. It's like a long time to not... Right. When you right. might be going through the hardest time of your life. Right. Um, okay, we got to talk about some other things that have come up recently on the internet, which is that there's a lot of stuff going around about Rachel okay. from the show and her history of racist attitudes. So let me tell you what I have heard. Mm -hmm. I, of course, only it's like, how, I don't know how verified any of this tea is, but okay. the first things that have been said is that some people from her high school are saying she was racist in high school. She used the N-word. She has these bad behaviors when we were in high school together. She's only 24 now. Like, how far, you know, has she really come? The other thing that's been <laughs> floating around is her best friend, who she's, like, referred to on social media as, like, her soul sister or whatever, is, has posted, posted a mm -hmm. picture of herself wearing a MAGA hat with the caption, build that wall. And, um... Mm -hmm. Rachel liked it and commented on it. So people are saying, well, she associates with people like that. So what, you know, why wouldn't I take the next step to assume that she's a person like that? What's your, what is your reaction sure. to that gossip? Um, my initial reaction is it's probably true. I would, yeah. um... <laughs> I would lean toward it's more true than I would um, that, you know, it's this false narrative that people are building up against her just to ruin her reputation. Right. Like, oh, probably, yeah, yeah. It's probably true. And, um, you know, we always talk about how 
the conversations on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette never go deeper than, do you want kids? And what kind of engagement ring would you like? And this is the type of thing that gets missed. Um, (laughs) You know, I... Seems like a pretty important thing to miss, but it often gets missed. (laughs) Some of these women are very bold, um, out white supremacists. And that might be something that Matt James would want to know before he, um, you know, involves himself in a serious relationship with one of these women. So I just think, you know, everybody on the show deserves one another except for the women that we listed that do not deserve any of this yes exactly that need to go somewhere else and find the fact that exactly the fact that none of this is going to come up during this season um is just what everybody deserves if you're not going to bring this stuff up then you're going to end up getting engaged to a closet or not so closet white supremacist right right and like initially when i heard the stuff about High, the high school stuff. So I'm not sure when that picture was taken, the MAGA mm. picture. But okay. it would have had to have been within the last four years. And she's 24. Yeah. So yeah. it would have had to have been after high school. Like, I believe people can change from mm-hmm. when they're in high school and middle school, elementary school, whatever. If you're from a small town or you just don't, you're not exposed to much, you don't have someone in your life who's nurturing you in that way, maybe you don't learn about the world. Right. But should the person that you end up with be subjected to to you having to figure that out using them? Mm. No. 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 You can change and you can say I used to be I used to have a lot of racist ideas and be racist or be a problem or you know purposely harm people or are not on purpose harm people and I've done XYZ right. work to fix it. And still right. you don't get to then say, so I'm good enough now to date you and consider me unproblematic. You can, you can do, both can be true. Yeah, absolutely. And I just wonder what Matt James's reaction would be to learning this information. If well, this he is a great were segue. able to get his hands to. This is a slightly more unverified tea. I don't normally okay. spill unverified tea, but I do feel like this has to be talked about. Spill There's it. There's a lot of talk on the Bachelor subreddit and on the other parts of the internet that Matt himself is a registered Republican and, oh. and, a, and a MAGA guy. Oh, okay. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know what to I do with that. I know. I don't either. I, I wouldn't. Hmm. How do I want to put that? I, if that were true, I wouldn't fall over. I wouldn't faint. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, that be shocked. You know, but um, I just wonder, you know, the way that he talks about women, black women, white women, other women of color, um, hasn't given me the impression up to this point that this is a very pro-black individual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, that's why I would be curious to know what his reaction would be to this because I, based on what I know of him thus far, I don't see his reaction to one or more of the women being MAGA supporters. Um, I don't see his reaction to that being fiery or outraged no, based on I, what I know I, of I him suspect, thus far. I suspect he doesn't inherently think that if you are... Uh, Trumper that you are racist. I suspect he would think that they're two separate things. And I also suspect he might think, he might say like, well, that was in the past and you like me now. And it's like, well, that's not really how that works. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She's been, Mm -hmm. you know, she's been upholding an oppressive system explicitly and implicitly, just like all other white people. But at the same time, she's doing it in purposeful ways and not learning anything. And I doubt that she's gone through some major self-revolution since then. Sure. I mean, they're all so young. Right. Um, yeah. And I, I have heard him spew a lot of this colorblind rhetoric mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. dating mm-hmm. that just, you know, leads me to believe that <laughs> this might not be a huge issue for him. Right. It might not be. 
But I yes, guess we'll so see. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. <laughs> but I definitely think that you are right to bet your own dog on the fact that he'll end up with a white woman. <laughs> I'm gonna get to keep my dog. You know how happy that makes yeah. me and her. So this episode gave me no ideas about who would be who he's actually connecting with. Do you feel like you learned anything about who Matt James might actually end up with based on this episode? Well, I feel like he's going to end up with a Sarah-esque person. Yes. <laughs> he's clearly very attracted physically and otherwise to women like Sarah. Yep. I mean, he was like, a they were like magnetic, their attraction. Yep. They were just glued to each other. So like you, I don't have any specific names, but I'm starting to develop um, a silhouette in my mind <laughs> of the type of woman he'll end up with. It could and be filled with Amari. It could be filled with a Rachel. It could be someone right. else who shows up next week because obviously five more women come in. I don't understand this at all. I don't understand. It's there just, are still so many women there. It's just so silly. <laughs> like the show is becoming absurd. Like this is not about his That's love story because he's not given any time to date any of these women. He's just like, on these massive nine, ten person group dates. I, I'm speechless. Like, it was so bad. It's so bad that at the end of the the, the rose ceremony, I the only person that we even know went home was Marilyn. But like five yeah. other women just disappeared. I don't even know who I they know. were. Mm -hmm. And I looked it's back at my list and I was like. a lot of people on the show this season. I, yeah, I just really don't know who left. Couldn't figure it out. <laughs> okay. Let me take a moment to add to my list of reasons why we're booing Matt James. Okay, he's got a long list now. We're at like reason um, seven. Okay, he had very dry lips. Oh, and he kisses with his eyes open? And he licks his lips and then, yeah, his eyes were open. Um, the whole time, very... they're always like just slightly open, peering at the women. It's so bizarre. It was different. It was different. And then uh, pre-kiss is always very awkward. Yeah. Like before the kiss, there's always this very strange moment where it's silent and then and then they'll do like an awkward laugh and then they'll just start making out. Yeah. Or someone will say something and then get cut off mid-sentence. Mid yeah. <laughs> so I guess that's all I've got. Okay. Um, yeah. As far I mean, as that we didn't even goes, talk. But. We didn't even really talk about Serena P too much. I like her a lot. I yeah. loved her on this date. I thought she was so beautiful, so well-spoken, just like so in control of herself for 22 mm -hmm. years old. I, it's kind of unreal. Was she drinking water on their date? Mm, I think she was. I, I noticed think she that was. too. Yeah. I was like, okay, Serena, like you are a full adult. I you're mean, dating this like little man boy. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of these women are like, let me not go on this show and get drunk and act a fool. Like, right. I'm just going to stay away from the alcohol. Um, and so I think, you know, that's what she was doing. But she is really mature, um, it seems. Something that I would have liked to see from Serena P during her date with Matt was um, as they were talking about past loves. Um, you know, he asked her, have you been in love? Or, and she asked him, have you been in love before? And he kind of gave this like roundabout answer and said he hadn't been in love before, but also that his concept, his understanding of love has changed quite a bit yeah. Um, yeah. from college till now. And I wish she would have probed a little, a little more. Bit more. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. These women are having a hard time probing with him because they just want mm -hmm. to please him so badly. Yeah. It's unfortunate. It's going to be a yeah. long season, I think. I mean, this episode was an absolute dumpster fire, and it feels like next episode is going to be the same thing. And we're going to see, it looks like we're going to see another Victoria come in. It like seems that a, a way. A Kardashian mm -hmm. wannabe mean girl. And I'm just, I don't know. It's like, I'm trying to celebrate the drama because it's entertaining, but also it is annoying to me. And I find them to be annoying. <laughs> Victoria. Yeah. Kit, they all yeah. too much. I mean, let's just be honest. It's very bad. The show is <laughs> very bad. Um, the drama is very staged and it's very corny. Mm -hmm. um, and it seems like it's just getting worse. Yep. <laughs> As you said, so we are going to buckle up 
Get ready for next week. That's One right. One thing I want you and the listeners to look out for next week is the adorable friendship that's developing between Maggie and Abigail. Okay. Every time they're in the background, like they're never featured on the show, but when they're in the background, they're always cuddling up together and yeah. they just seem to have a very cute, cute little friendship going. So just keep your eye for that. And listeners, if you have more hot gossip and drama to tell us, we don't like spoilers, but we do like gossip. So send it our way via our Instagram at you get a rose, Facebook at you get a rose, um, and our email hello at you get a rose.com. And we'll we'll see you next week with more drama. I've been your host, Hannah W. And I have been your host, Jay. See you next week. See you next time. For more on the show, visit yougetarose.com or find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at yougetarose. You Get a Rose is a podcast from MyTalk 1071. Hear more great podcasts on mytalk1071.com.